And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy, what a treat. I don't know what episode it is, but I know what year it is. 2020. Oh yeah. What a year it's going to be. What a year it is going to be. It's a new year, but it's not a new podcast. It's my podcast. You can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. It is the last time I'll say it. Guys, absolutely pumped for a new year. The good times keep on rolling. And uh, to start the new new year off, I am simply drowning in admin. Uh, First off, my anxiously arrogant 2020 stand-up tour is on sale now. In some cities, but it's it's coming to your city whether you like it or not, whether it's been announced or not. Uh, but Perth, January 27, I'm doing crowd work shows on top of my my solo stand-up shows. I don't know if this is confusing or not, because someone told me it was. But that person's a pelican. They don't even live in Perth, all right? But I'm doing 10 shows with Pat Doherty. It's all crowd work, crowd work all improv, no material. From, the, from my stand-up show at all. It's all on the spot, so you can come to that. And then February 3rd to February 14, I'm doing 12 shows of my new stand-up show, Anxiously Arrogant. And that's all brand new material. If you came to Background Lad last year, come along to this one. It's all brand new stuff, uh, completely new show. So come along. And uh, so I'm doing 12 shows in Perth. So if you live in Perth, maybe come, maybe come two or three times. I'm not saying you should, but... I think, please, please do that. 12 shows. Uh, I don't know why I've booked so many. It's a big swing from Billy Darcy, but big players, what do they do? They take big swings. And that's what I'm doing. Okay? So, taking a a big swing at Perth with 12 shows, Feb 3 to 14, and the crowd work shows are January 27 till February 7, I believe. So, come to those separate shows. They're, They're great shows. Info on my social media. Um, and then Adelaide Fringe is on sale as well, March 10 to 14. I'm at the Rhino Room this year. To anyone who came to my Adelaide shows last year, the venue, was it good? It wasn't. It was fucking awful. But this year, I'm at the Rhino Room, best venue in Adelaide. It's going to be a lot more fun, and uh, it's going to be great. And then I'm doing Melbourne, March 19 to April 24, March 24 to April 19, something like that. Look, I'm there for a month, so work it out if you live in Melbourne. That's not on sale yet. And then Sydney, April 20, 23 to 26. That's not on sale yet, but that'll be through the Melbourne and Sydney Comedy Festival websites. So thank you. As always, the pod is brought to you by VM Apparel, the best shirts you will ever see. Fantastic party shirts. I was rocking them nonstop over the Chrissy New Year period. Get yourself a VM Apparel shirt. Finally, to cap off the admin, I enjoy the admin and... Hey, I'm, I'm doing a pod, mate. I'm doing a pod. That's my, my roommate Brad's uh, watching the Big Bash. I can only assume something actually fucking happened because he's losing his mind in there. Um, what was I doing? Admin. So two episodes were released over the Christmas New Year period. I'm not sure if anyone listened to them because I'm really been in the mix. You know, I didn't uh, took took two weeks off, tools down. So I didn't go on the old uh, the pod website or whatever, but two, two good ones. Um, episode... I did a best of 2019. That's two and a half hours, maybe even longer, of just all the best riffs and uh, and segments from 2019, the best yarns. And uh, so get around that. And that's a lot of fun. And then last week, an episode came out uh, live in Canberra. I did this live podcast in Canberra years ago. 
It was the first comedy show I ever headlined. And the way it worked was the first half of the show was a comedy show and the headliner from the first half did a podcast in the second. And the podcast was called A Shot in a Beer. Basically, you just got drunk on stage and told like crazy stories from your travels or whatever. Um, it only goes for half an hour. I had to cut out the last story. I'm so sorry, but it was my first ever podcast and I it, it was before I realized that people actually fucking listen to this shit, you know? So... I told a story that I, I just simply had to cut out. It was absolutely way too red hot. Um, yeah, it was just, I didn't want to sort of get into the premise of it, but it was basically just, I just couldn't put it out into the world. I don't know what I was thinking telling it in the first place, but um, I'll tell you what, if you come to any shows uh, this year and, and we have a beer after, I'll, I'll tell you in person, but I can't put it on the internet. It's just, it's too, um, it's like no crimes were committed officially I wouldn't have thought but it's just a bit much you know it's just a bit much I thought it's pretty red hot I couldn't I couldn't put it out there so the podcast does kind of basically cut off at the end abruptly uh and that's that's because I cut it out so thank thanking myself um and I'll, I'll tell you the story in person but it's it's pretty long it was like the last 12 minutes of the pod and it's just like yeah it was a bit, it was a bit much so so that's why that happened but get around those um I hope you enjoy them if, if anyone listened to them um, I'm, sh- I'm sure a few people did. I'm not sure, but, uh, thanks so much for everyone supporting the pod in 2019. I appreciated it. 2020, I'm back. And the Chrissy new year period. Wow. A little bit much, Bill, a little bit much. I pretty much drank myself into the ground and now I feel more run down than before the fucking two weeks of holidays I took. And that's honestly just silly. I'm 25 now. I had my birthday the other day and I probably need to pull my head in a bit. But nevertheless, got a few yarns for the gang. So I got to say I had my worst Airbnb experience so far in that, um, as we know, the Airbnb, you know, I, I'll i bring a girl home. We don't have sex. You can stay at my place till 9am. You get eight hours of sleep. There's no breakfast. It's a 9am checkout. You stay free of charge. Okay. You stay free of charge. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, I'll usually sleep in the spare room or I might just pass out on the floor. Um, but the Airbnb, I got to say, we had our worst experience yet. Um, brought a girl home from a night out. We get in the Uber and I immediately fall asleep, which I've, I've got a bit of track record for now. I immediately fall asleep and wake up and I'm like, I look around. We're still outside the pub, aren't we? I go, how long have I been asleep? Must have been only asleep for a minute or something. I go to the guy, I go, mate, I put in my address. I'm not sure what the problem is. What are we waiting for? And he goes, oh, but sir, we're, we are here. We're here. I go, I go, no, mate. I put in the address. What are we waiting for? And I didn't realize I passed. We're outside my house. We're outside my house. And I'm like arguing with the guy still. I'm like, I'm like, mate, like you, you've got one job. I'm not sure what more you want. Like, what are you waiting for a tip or something? Like, Jesus, come on, let's get going. Underlay, underlay. He was not Mexican. I should put that in. So that's not racist. Thank you. Uh, but so I've passed out and not realized it. And we're back at my house. The girl is just like, what the fuck? What kind of an idiot are you? I passed out for like half an hour. I didn't even realize it. Thought only a minute passed. Freaking time traveled home. We get inside. I go to the bathroom and then I go to sit down on the couch and I just fall asleep again. Like it's not, it's not even that late. It's like 1am. This is just rep. This is just, I've just run out of ticker. This is before Christmas. It's maybe the 22nd, I think. 
And then she wakes me up and she goes, I'm getting an Uber home. And I go, what? 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 What's happening? She goes, I'm getting an Uber home. I go, no, just, just take my bed. It's fine. The Airbnb, you know? Look us up on TripAdvisor. We got five stars. And uh, and she, she goes, no, I'm leaving. I go, okay. All right. Well, see you later. And she goes, you're not going to walk me outside? I go, what? To your Uber? Like, I can barely keep my eyes open. She goes, yeah, walk me outside. I go, okay, okay. Walk her outside. The, the only car within five million kilometers this freaking Hyundai gets or whatever. I go, I simply must apologize. This is this is the worst showing the Airbnb has, has has shown. Here's a coupon for a free stay at another time, but really, please do not rate and review us online because before this, we've had an exemplary 2019. It's been nothing but eight hours of sleep, no breakfast in the morning with a 9 a.m. checkout. We know the rules. We know the rules at the Airbnb. So that was a real, just a disappointing note for the... Uh, for the hotel, to, or I guess the Airbnb, leading into 2020 as well. So that was, I had a word to the staff. That was pretty average. But when you got to go to sleep, you got to go to sleep, you know. But it wasn't. It was simply embarrassing. But then Christmas Day, right? How's this? I hosted Christmas Day this year. My family Christmas. I hosted it at the Lad Pad. So I got the lads. I got you know. It's it. It was a motley crew at my place at Christmas. I had my auntie and uncle, a few cousins, mum and dad, brother, sister. Then I had a few of the lads. Uh, a couple of their parents, then had a couple of other lads. One of them was uh, Jehovah's Witness. He's never even fucking seen Christmas before. So he was loving it. And uh, everyone everyone brought food. It was just, it was a wild time. My, my dad was banting everyone up like something fierce. And uh, the thing with my dad is he, he just laughs at his own jokes. So, so he'll rip into you. And before you can even get back at him, he's already just laughing in your face. It's just the most disrespectful thing you've ever seen. Like, and he's laughing so loud that there's just, there's no, there's no recourse. And it was a beautiful lunch. Um, one of our mates dressed up as Santa and then fell in the pool by accident in the full Santa outfit. That was a highlight. And then around 6 p.m., all the family and stuff left. And it just, uh, we had like, people were coming from everywhere for Christmas Day at the Lad Pad at this point. It just turned into a genuine party. We had some Norwegians, I think. I, I don't know if they came directly from Norway for the party, but I know they were Norwegian. So I'm not putting it past them to fly in for a lad pad Chrissy. Um, and we had, I think that was the only sort of international flavor we had. We had our mate Chandi, the POM. He's of Indian descent. So he was providing that diversity, you know, and uh, it, was, it was great. We had, yeah, all walks of life. People were losing their minds. And this kind of just sort of rolled into Boxing Day. Uh, and th- this is sort of around the period where I just sort of started to just get a bit too carried away with the whole we're on holiday type vibe. You know, we're on the roof at like fucking sunset, sun, uh, the other one, sunrise, boxing day morning, rolling through boxing day. We had another party boxing day at the lad pad. Everyone's in the pool. It's going off. We had a respectable amount of girls come. I don't know who told you there was only five girls there. But they're fucking lying, okay? There was there was heaps. There was maybe 27 girls and five guys. Not the other way around, that's for sure. God, that's fake news. That is fake news, whoever told you that. Uh, but we had a great day and it was so much fun. Look, I don't want to speak out of school, but I think uh, one of the lads had sex with a girl in, in my roommate Macca's bed, but he won't own up to it. And how dodgy is this? So, on... On uh, Boxing Day in the afternoon, Macca comes back to his bedroom. The bed's made. He didn't make it himself. While he's in there going, why is my bed made? 
our mate freaking Tomo comes in and goes, oh, hey, Maka, what's, I just left something in here before. And Maka's like, what, what are you doing in my bed? And he's like, oh, I was just, uh, just sort of getting, getting changed. And I just thought I'd make it while I was here. And we're like, mate, we, we know something nefarious has happened in here. What are you talking about? No one just, when's the last time you were in some random's bedroom and you just made their bed out of the goodness of your heart? Also after 10 beers. Thank you. Checkmate. Checkmate. Dude, that'll hold up anywhere. So I don't know what's happened there, but I, but also I do know exactly what's happened there. He's had, he's had sex with a woman in my roommate's bed and he's, he's made the bed to cover his tracks, not knowing the error of his ways. The bed was never made. The bed was never made. So we're still following that up. That's a conspiracy theory I'm working on, but also I know it's the truth. And because when you have the truth, it's in your heart. And that's, that's how you know, because when I, when I go to sleep, I sleep fucking well, cause I got the truth in my heart. And that's like, you know, that's like a sleeping pill, really. The truth, lies, they'll keep you up all night, tossing and turning. Wake up in a cold sweat. Anyway, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I've I got to say, I'm having a bit of existential dread these days. 2020's caught me, uh, caught me by surprise, I think. 2019, what an absolute treat it was. But uh, yeah, so Boxing Day, we kind of rolled straight through to Boxing Day. And this is just... This is just adverse behavior at this point. We're just kind of losing our minds a bit of the lad pad. And we're having, but we're having a lot of fun. Anyway, so I rolled down to the pub at like six o'clock, been on the source for upwards of two days. And uh, I go to the bouncer, he goes, mate, how you going? And I'm like, I'm in a bit of a state, really. Uh, I go, he goes, where have you been there, champion? I go, mate, family lunch, had a couple with, uh, had a couple in the Arvo. He goes, your face is covered in three different types of zinc. I go, yeah, it was a pool party. It was a pool party, couple in the Arvo, family pool party. He goes, there is no chance I'm ever letting you into this establishment. And then I said, no worries, because there's a back door. There's a back door to this pub and there's a back door in life. Never give up. So I go out of the back door and receive kind of, I would say, similar treatment. And then there's a beer garden. And this is, this is a moment that we'll be leaving in 2019. Pretty average for me. It's the behavior of a 17-year-old, not a 24-year-old young adult. And that's what I am. I'm, no, I'm an, I'm an adult adult, okay? I'm an adult adult, but did I jump the fence into the beer garden? Yes, I did, okay? Do I regret it? No, because I walked straight in and had a fucking good time after that. But is that the behavior of a 17-year-old child? Yeah, it is. Is it embarrassing? Not really. It was pretty fun, to be honest. Would I do it again? Absolutely not. Leaving that in 2019, that sort of reckless behavior. But it was... It's the behavior of a 17-year-old or just a 25-year-old who's got zinc on his face, I think. I'm not sure. But then later on, I'm in the pub, you know, just sitting at a table, being normal. And the bouncer walks past. He goes, how'd you get in? I go, because there's only one door in and one door out at this point. I go, you let me in. He goes, no, I didn't. I go, yeah, you did. <laughs> and he goes, are we going to do this the hard way? I go, uh, I am so sorry. And, and I walked out. But I still was in there for like two hours. So that's pretty good, you know. Um, so that was Christmas Boxing Day. And then, yeah, we went out again a couple more times the next couple of nights and it just got a bit much. It just got a bit much. Um, and then New Year's Eve, we had an absolute rollicking time. I don't want to come across like some sort of a freaking alcoholic here, but this is just the cold hard truth. And, uh, went to New Year's Eve in the park, this festival. Quick shout out to get around me, aficionado, listener, Matt. I've run into Matt at two different festivals. 
he flagged me, uh, his friend flagged me down. I was like, oh, Matt loves your podcast. And I was like, oh, mate, no, good to see you again. I didn't remember him, but I said, good to see you. And he goes, oh, all good, mate. Have a good one. He, I, I think he didn't want to bother me. But the joke was on Matt because I was actually lost and by myself. So in actual fact, I was bothering him. And I ended up hanging out with Matt for like the next couple of hours. And thank God he was there because I had lost everyone. I hadn't been ditched. I just lost my bearings. And New Year's Eve was phenomenal. Now, the only thing is, this is where it gets pretty much, uh, I would say, just reprehensible. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So then, January 2nd rolls around. My foot is extremely sore January 2nd. I wake up and I can't walk on my left foot. I'm thinking, what did I do to my foot? I'm thinking maybe I... Because f- we're always on the roof of the pad. I'm thinking, did I fall off the roof and not... Re-? But I'm like, no, nah, come on. That's just ridiculous. You, who's fallen off a roof and not remembering it? So, and I'm thinking, did I maybe crack a bone and it took a couple of days to flare up? So anyway, January 3rd rolls around. It's my birthday. Mum takes me the day before... And she's like, oh, what do you want to do for your birthday? I go, oh, let's go to dinner or something. And I go, but also I think I've broken my foot because I can't walk on my foot at all. And and she goes, how'd you do it? I go, I can't remember. And she that just set mum off. She's like, oh my God, you boys and your, and your roof parties and your, your drinking and all this. And she, she's, she's gone off. So Jenny Darcy is fucking furious at this point. And I go, nah, I don't think I fell on anything. Anyway, so my 25th birthday... Mum picks me up at 9am because I got a manual car. I can't shift the, the clutch with one foot. Mum picks me up, takes me to the doctor and simply embarrassing, I got gout in my foot from drink, from just like drinking too much and eating nothing but ham for like a week. And the doctor was less than accommodating. This is my, my doctor up the road. He's a very, very good physician, but he's extremely harsh. He gives it to you like it is. And uh, he goes, because last time I was there, I told him I have like two beers a day or two drinks a day. And he was like, that's way too, like, you need to calm that down. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. But I was, he was like, you could get gout. And I was like, okay, guy, you know, what am I, a 45 year old? You know, I'm not getting gout. I'm invincible. I'm 24. But the day I hit 25, <laughs> the Grim Reaper came a knocking gout in my left foot. He goes, have you been eating a lot of red meat lately? I go, I've only been eating Christmas ham sandwiches for every meal. He goes, okay, any seafood? I go, yeah, <laughs> a lot of seafood. He goes, much drinking. I go, oh boy. He goes, I think you have gout, but you need to go get an x-ray and a blood test. He goes, uh, you can, the next day was Saturday. So that that day was my birthday. The next day was Saturday. I was going to the cricket. He goes, no, you need to stop drinking completely for like a couple of days. Let this go down. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. all good, all good. But in my head, I'm thinking birthday followed by a day at the cricket. My hands are tied, ombre. So, uh, mum was absolutely furious. I said to the doctor, I said, what can I do to fix this maybe in the short term? Is there like some sort of a pill or a, or a bandage or something? And he was like, no, just change your life. And I was like, oof, Jesus Christ, dude. All right. So, uh, I go outside. My mum was even more angry than him. So, it was really, it was really uh, just a real wake-up call on my 25th. Simply embarrassing. But I had a great birthday. Next day, we went to the cricket. It was 41 degrees at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Oh, my Lord. I'm on hopping around on one foot. We're drinking these mid-strength beers. And we were, we were walking to the pub in the, in the lunch and tea break to get on some, some full-strength lagers. 
and um, hopping around town. It's 41 degrees. Just an absolutely abrasive day at the cricket. But it was so fun. We got this crazy beer snake happening. Unbelievable beer snake. I've never seen people come together like this in all my years, right? So we start creating this, this beer snake. It's about, I want to say about maybe five chairs long. Five, you know, five chairs long. That makes sense. Then this cop comes over. He sees us making this beer snake. He goes, lads, I know what you're doing. We're going to have to kick you out if you, if you hold that up. He, and we're like, oh, sorry, bud. No, all, all good. And he goes, look, this guy's a legend. He goes, this cop, he goes, lads, I love what you're doing. He looks up the clock. It's 2.50. He goes, I'm done here at 3.10. So just don't do anything until after then and then do whatever you want. So we go, we go this guy's a legend. Thank you so much. 3.15 rolls around. This guy's gone. Snake's gotten a little bit bigger. We hold it up. Yeah, we got a beer snake. Thinking, you know, that, that's a bit of fun. That's that's what you do with the cricket. Love it. We had no idea. The camaraderie, the unity, the uh, the friendship that was going to be evoked by this beer snake. Beer snakes start popping up all over, all over the freaking uh, O'Reilly stand. Beer, and and they, we start connecting them. We start connecting them. We've got like a freaking 18 foot beer snake at this point. The whole row's holding it up. It's uh, It's an iconic moment. My mate's calling me from the members going like, holy shit, is that, is, have you seen this beer snake? I go, mate, I'm holding it. I'm holding the beer snake. And it was just absolutely, it was, people were popping up from everywhere. It was like Lord of the Rings, you know, Gondor calls for aid. The beacons are lit. That was, that was the freaking beer snake going off. Oh, unbelievable scenes. And it was absolutely just fantastic. Um, and people were coming from everywhere and it was just great. Security came after about five minutes and, uh, that, that was sort of the end of that. But uh, I do not envy these security guards who have to come up to like 15 drunk pale guys in 40 degree heat. We're all freaking delirious from the sun. You know, I'm like, oh, who am I? <laughs> um, but man, so good. We saw Manus Labashain get 200 as well. That was an iconic moment. And uh, we saw a few, a few Kiwi... Oh no, we saw no Kiwi wickets in the afternoon. We went to day two. Pretty much we saw probably the Kiwis play their best for the whole time. And uh, it was still not great. But yeah, so it was a freaking iconic day of the cricket. But I woke up Sunday morning. Did, we went out after. And then I woke up Sunday morning. I thought, Bill, you're 25 now. You've got gout, which is simply embarrassing. It's f- like, it's it's an old man's disease. I go, it's time to get get on some greens, drink some water, get off the beers. So I haven't had a beer since, uh, what is it, Sunday. And literally, I didn't have a, I didn't drink for one day. And my foot went back to 100%. So... It wasn't confirmed gout, I guess, because I never actually got a blood test, but I'm it's confirmed, confirmed in my head. So foot's all better now, not drinking for a bit, keeping it real. And uh and yeah, so that's the Chrissy New Year period. A period of indulgence, a period of losing thy mind, a period of really just having no worries in the world, because I took I took it off work as well. I'm a casual employee, I received no income for two weeks. And I was spending more than ever. It was a horrible, horrible uh, equation. I don't know why I did that. But it was absolutely some of the funnest times. And, uh, and I went a little too far. But then we brought it back. Now I'm here. Lessons learned. Feeling good ahead of 2020. The first podcast of the year. Hope some of those yarns were palatable. I come off as a piece of shit in pretty much all of them. But I still told them. And I think that counts for something. In not one of those yarns am I even close to the hero. But I still told them. 
and I think that counts for something. Or maybe I just, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just even more embarrassing. But, you know, it's a freaking 45-minute pod. What am I going to talk about? Politics for 45 minutes? I mean, we probably could at the moment. We probably could. These goddamn issues. But, uh... So, yeah, what was next? What what the hell is happening? Um, oh, yeah, so I had a couple other things. Oh, yeah, yeah, so reflecting on 2019. So, basically, I kind of worked out over the Christmas New Year period. I really need to sort out my, uh, my habits a little bit, you know, because 2019 was probably arguably the funnest year of my life because I was properly just doing whatever the fuck I wanted whenever I wanted to, and it was great. I wouldn't change a thing. Couple of couple of regrets, but overall, but not big regrets, you know, just minor incidents. But I think 2019 was probably the best ever. You know, like just complete freedom. I did whatever I want. Just was around the lad. All the lads are single at the moment, or like most of us. So we had a good core group. Went on a few trips, getting just blind every weekend. Uh, we were living in the lad pad. We're paying. I want to be. I don't want to speak out of school. We we paid disgustingly low rent for this house. It's outrageous. And uh, living in a dream house with all my best mates, it was—it's been absolute—it's been absolute chaos at times around here. And the Christmas New Year period was simply out of hand. But now I think—I think 2019 was probably the funnest year of my life. But I don't want to live it again. I want 2020 to be a little different. Just—I need to just get a little bit healthier, get a little bit more—I don't know—on the tracks a bit more type thing. Keep all the wheels going the same way. I just think, yeah, last year, pretty much every week I would do Monday, Thursday, Monday, Friday, I'd work and do gigs. So I'd work all day, do gigs every night, fit the podcast in there somewhere. I was doing two podcasts a week at one point, which is fuck, so dumb. Um, but I do the podcast at some point, do my freaking whatever. So I'd busy, busy be during the week and then I'd just get blind all weekend. And then I'd wake up on Monday and be like, whoa, go to work, do a gig, do it all over again. Do a few, had a few lads trips in there, um, did some touring, did my first festivals and stuff. And the festivals, I've just treated them like a holiday. Got, again, got so drunk every night. Um, so this year, I just need to just get a bit more down the line, I think. Get a bit more, you know, just because the weekend doesn't mean you have to lose your mind. Go for a freaking walk, write a, write a poem or some shit. Um, so just maybe I'm 25. 25 is filling me with existential dread, to be honest, so far. And uh, so I just need to fucking sort it out a little bit, I think. Nothing too crazy. But yeah, I just need to not get so... not. I think, yeah, just... Yeah, just sort it out a bit. I think we all know what I'm trying to say here. I need to just pull my head in at 25. But not too much because, you know, you got you to be wild and free. You got to be wild and free. But I, yeah, just need to get it in, in line a bit. So let's, let's move on. I'll fix this camera as well. Oh, so anyway, that's my little quarter life crisis out of the way. And was I freaking out a little bit? Am I still? Whatever, dude. Whatever. All right, so a few things I want to talk about. Firstly, I saw Star Wars and it was fucking phenomenal. Everyone sees Star Wars. So good. So good. I went to see it three times, to be honest. Uh, I would have definitely seen it twice. I saw it a third time. Uh, just because also... Well, I... I saw it once and it was great, but then if you're hungover, there's no place better to be than the cinema. It's dark, it's cool, you take your mind off things. Oh, it's great. So I saw Star Wars three times, loved it every time. And uh, 
I will say this. I will say this. Is that every time I talk to someone, like I would describe myself as like a casual Star Wars fan. Like I, I love Star Wars, but I don't, I'm not dressing up as a stormtrooper. Do you know what I mean? That's probably the line. Like, it's like, Bill, do you want to come watch Star Wars? Yes. Sweet, but you got to dress up as a stormtrooper. I'm busy. You know what I mean? That's where I probably draw the line. I'm not going to pretend to force choke you. I'm not one of those guys. Um, so, but anytime I talk to someone, like people who are really into Star Wars, like someone's like, oh, I live and die for Star Wars. I'm like, oh, sweet. Did you see the new one? How good was it? I fucking loved it. And like everyone who's really into Star Wars hated it. They hated it. And they hate the, la- they hate the last one as well. And it's like, why are Star Wars fans so miserable? Like, people are like, oh, it's not, uh, you know, it didn't stick to the original comic books. I'm going, who? I didn't even know Star Wars was a freaking comic. You know, they're, oh, Disney ruins everything, as per usual. It's like, oh, yeah, because Disney has never entertained us before. You really, you really saying Disney doesn't know how to make good cinema? Disney. Freaking Little Mermaid, Lion King, Mulan, Incredibles, Frozen? Hey, buddy, how about you go watch Frozen and come back to me, okay? Disney is unbelievable. I mean, how, how many hits do you have to have before people just go, do you know what, Disney? You're all right. We'll back you. We'll back you no matter what happens. And it's like, I don't know why, but Star Wars fans just can't. They've got to nitpick everything, you know? They, uh, they abused that Asian woman. I don't know what her character's called. But she was in the last one, and they abused her on social media so much she had to delete all of her accounts. What's doing, lads? I mean, I saw the film. She wasn't that bad at acting. Like, no one could be that bad. And also, even if she was that bad, it's just a film. How could you get angry at something where they're shooting laser guns? You know? Like, fair enough, be like, oh, I, I hated the film. And then get on with your life. You know, go, oh, hey, I hated the film. And then get back to scanning food at Woolworths where you work, you know? Instead of, like, on Twitter sending death threats to this chick because she didn't say Wookiee with the right inflection. You know, like, I don't know. Do you know what, do you know what sucks about proper hardcore Star Wars fans that I've spoken to? Is that when I talk to them, I'm excited about it and they t- they suck the excitement out of me. I'll be like, oh, dude, how good was this bit, this bit, and this bit? And they'll go, oh, well, actually, if you, if you read the comics, if you that's not actually canon. And did you know that George Lucas actually said he, he's famous that he, he doesn't want any Asian women in his films or whatever? And then by the end of the conversation, you go, oh, maybe it wasn't that good. And they, they sucked the excitement right out of my soul. Dude, come Like, that is the worst quality, to suck the excitement out of a young man's soul. A young 24 going on 25 year old man's soul during a midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, you know? But I thought it was sick. I loved pretty much everything about it. I loved how Han Solo came back. He fucking nailed it. I love how Kylo Ren became good. That guy is a killer, Adam Driver. That, you know, he was a Marine before he was an actor. There's a true story for you, there's a fact. Hey, oh, Billy Darcy's podcast is just all banter and him just just losing his mind for 45 minutes. Well, there's a fact for you, okay? This is informative now. Adam Driver was a Marine before he was a an actor and he got medically discharged and then went to Juilliard after being a Marine. He said everyone was terrified of him. 
because he was this huge marine guy with a shaved head and they were all like, oh, we're all theatre students. Oh. I don't know what he was doing to be so scary, but probably just looking, just looking tough. I get that. Oh, I get that big time. But it was great. I loved it when Ray killed the guy at the end. I loved it when they kissed it. Oh, by the way, is this, spo- should I be saying spoilers? Shit, I've never reviewed a film before. Spoilers. It's been out for two, almost three weeks. So you deserve to get spoiled if you haven't seen it yet. But spoilers, spoilers, they kiss at the end. And I fucking loved it. I love love. Okay, and let's be honest. Nothing to do with, uh, you know, let's, let's be candid. No one was going for Finn, the black guy, to get Ray. There's something about it. He was just so needy about it, you know? Ray, Ray. It's like, it's like we get you were a stormtrooper, but you can't just, you can't just fall in love with the first chick you meet outside of the army, you know? It's like the guy who's been stranded on the island and he's never, he hasn't seen a woman. He starts seeing like dugongs, you know? It's like, as soon as he, he takes the helmet off, first bird he sees, oh my God, Ray, I must have you. It's like, why don't you get to know her? You know? Why don't you freaking take her to a nice space dinner? I don't know. But Star Wars was awesome. And don't let any nerd get in your face and tell you it wasn't. You know, I saw people get their heads lopped off. Saw a lot of killing. Saw some space battles. Saw some inspirational quotes. When he's like, you know, uh, the First Order makes us feel alone, but we're not alone. I was like, we're not alone. I was loving it, dude. And uh, one of my mates said it was too corny because of all the banterous scenes. It's like, what, you're not allowed to live in the year 6,000, fight the dark side and also throw a little bit of banter around mid-battle? Dude, that's fine with me. I love that. So I loved it. And I'll tell you what, here's another hot tip. We're informing on this pod today. It's very informative. Get Disney Plus. It is so good. But don't actually pay for it, whatever you do. Get your friend's login. It's only eight bucks a month. So if they if they're stingy with it, tell them, well, it's only eight bucks a month. Why are you being like this? Guilt them into it. I had a friend who's just an absolute legend who let me his. Uh, and I am so appreciative. And it's just, it's phenomenal because it's not just Disney. It turns out Disney owns all the, I thought Disney Plus was just going to be like The Little Mermaid and The Lion King whenever you want to watch it. That's just the whole screen. No, 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 no. Disney apparently owns pretty much everything except Netflix. So there's Marvel, there's Nat Geo, there's everything related to Star Wars. It absolutely goes off on Disney+. Plus. Do yourself a favor and get in the mix. Me and the lads are Star Wars obsessed at the moment. It's great. It's a great place to be. Uh, The Mandalorian, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But that was absolutely great. So get Disney Plus and see see Star Wars if I haven't already ruined it for you. Hey guys, spoiler, the good guys win. There's a real spoiler for you. Oh boy. I apologize if I ruined Star Wars for someone, but also it came out three weeks ago. So that's okay. Anyway, a couple more things to roll through. I'll be honest, I keep the window shut when I do the pod and it is about 40 million degrees in my room right now. The humidity, I'm getting... I'm, getting baked in here like a ham sweating anyway oh a few a few great moments a few great moments of the last few days shane warne is auctioning off his baggy green cap his baggy green cap that's just iconic he 
He never wore it. It's in mint condition, but still, it it's touch shame worn. Dude, shame worn could raffle off a freaking, you know, a Westfield hat, and I'd I'd pay a hundred grand for that. Just to touch something the great man has touched. What a guy. What a guy. Fantastic commentator. Love him to death. So if you've got a spare 400 grand, I know my my demographic for the pod, I know there's a lot of wealthy cats out there get listening to Get Around Me, you little trust fund kids. I love it. I'm going to boost my ticket price this year to $4,500. 5500 $5, meet and greet. Um, dude, it's so funny. They put... Um, they put online Melbourne comedy festival venue. They put in like the schedule for the venue, like because I'm doing I'm in my venue. It's like all uh, like famous people, like and and I'm the only one that's not famous. And so like everyone has a meet and greet slot. So <laughs> if you come to my shows in Melbourne, get ready to be meted and greeted because I don't know the lot li- the line for the other acts is going to be like around the corner. So if you want, so fucking line up. And I will, I will have, I will have several beers with you after as a thank you. So prepare to get meted and greeted in Melbourne, and everywhere else you can just say hi, and I'll just have a beer with you anyway. But anyway, I want to talk. Uh, oh yeah, I want to talk briefly about the Golden Globes because it was just so good. It was just so good. Not the actual award show. I don't know. I know Joaquin Phoenix won, and that's all I know. Uh, but Ricky Gervais of the Golden Globes. Let's. Talk about it, okay? Because this guy rips. It was so good. It was so good because... For a few reasons. Firstly, because... He... He's... Okay. Maybe I should have thought about this. I just... I want to talk about it, but I don't want to say what everyone else has already said before. I feel like I'm a little late to the party, but... Basically, Ricky Gervais, if you didn't see, I'm sure you did. This is pretty much the biggest thing in the world right now. Just told a bunch of celebrities to beat it at the Golden Globes. And it's just so good because you can look into the crowd and see who's laughing and who's not. And the people who are like, reprehensible, how could he say that? It's like, you just know they're just scum. They're just like, not fun, scum. And you know, every time they've appeared fun in an interview, they were being actors. And it's so good. And a lot of legends in there. Leo was laughing. Brad Pitt was laughing. Keith Urban was laughing. A lot of great guys. And uh, I tell you what, yeah, it's so good because he was... They keep getting him back because he's so good at it. And every year he goes, he goes, I don't care. Never hire me again. I couldn't give a shit. So he's kind of untouchable because he, he couldn't really give a shit either way if he, if he gets the gig back again. And really, he's the only reason anyone even knows the Golden Globes are on. I'm still not 100% sure what they are. Because if, like, what are the Golden Globes? Because we have the Oscars and the Emmys. The Oscars for movie, Emmys for TV. So I don't know what the Golden Globes are. Um... I think there may be for everything. I don't know. I really don't know. But Ricky Gervais, and he, he just got, he tore strips off of everyone, which was phenomenal. But he do, I love that he's sipping a Foster's beer on stage at the Golden Globes as well. He always has a beer with him on stage. And uh, he just, he just taking sips of this fucking lukewarm Foster's while just ripping down the most powerful people in the industry he works in. Like the guy is just a, a, a legend, an absolute legend. And he said at the end, he goes, uh, he goes, just get your award, thank your God and your agent, and then just get the fuck off the stage. No one, no one wants to hear your little political messages. You're all multi, multi-millionaires. You have no, no nothing of the real world, so just hit the road. 
And there was a lot of cheers at that, but a lot of people being like, hur, 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 hur. but then, and I 100% agreed with it, but then pretty much every celebrity used it as a platform to um, talk about the Australian bushfires. So that was actually, thank you, celebrities. The one time they really came through was the time Ricky Gervais was telling them all to suck his dick. So, you know, possibly poor timing on that one. But also, I was thinking about this. Um, I guess, why is... I don't want to get, like... I know we never talk about the issues, but, like, why is climate change such a political issue? Because everyone was ripping on the celebrities being like, oh, they're talking about bushfires, even though, like, didn't you just listen to Ricky? It's like, well, yeah, it's not like... They're talk- like, I think it's lame when celebrities talk about politics as well, but the bushfires, it's hardly a political issue when a guy's house is getting burned down, you know? Ask some of the people on the South Coast, like, if they're, if they're voting left or right next year, they're definitely voting left because ScoMo has not helped them out what- whatsoever. But, whether- like, it's not like going to magically rebuild their house one way or another, you know? This is a really tangible issue that people's whole towns are just engulfed in flames, you know? I got a mate who lives up the up the coast and he said a few weeks ago he was like 500 meters back from the fires and it's still like blistering your face from 500 meters away and he turned around and like his property like the wood was starting to blister from 500 meters away you know so thank you I would say to all those celebrities that spoke about the bushfires and also but but Ricky Gervais was 100% right I don't think the bushfires are a political issue so thank you to the celebrities for using that platform correctly for once um, but I, I do think it's so lame when, like, celebrities will get up in a room full of all left-leaning celebrities. They all know everyone in the room votes the same way. Every single person. And they just stand up in this echo chamber going, like, Robert De Niro last year or the year before did this, like, and Meryl Streep did the same. They did anti-Trump stuff to a room full of people that hate Trump. And, like, Robert De Niro's like, do not vote for this, like, this this bastard or whatever, whatever he said. They always, when they swear, you know, that's, that's them being really passionate. And then they just stand there and bask in the, in the applause of all their friends who think the exact same things as them. Just going, you did it, Rob. Iconic. You've swung the election. God damn it. Robert De Niro. Fly the flag, my brother. <laughs> multi, multi-millionaire for four decades now. You are the people's champion. So Ricky Gervais absolutely just smashed it out of the park. The Jeffrey Epstein joke where he goes, I know he's your friend. Because all these celebrities, they, a few of them have been on that Jeffrey Epstein private plane doing all sorts of nefarious shit with children on an island. I'm looking at you. I don't know who. I don't know. If I had to go out on a limb and say who's who's probably a, a pedophile at the moment that we don't know about. Hmm. I don't know. It's probably someone you least expect. Which is why, yeah, which is why, yeah, I don't know. Probably someone we know and or love. It's going to be hard to hear. I would love it if it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know enough celebrities. I know like four actors. Robert De Niro is one of them. I don't think he would be a pedophile. Maybe Joe Pesci though. Yeah, I can see that. Joe Pesci. One eye on you, brother. Next time you get on a plane, I want to see your boarding ticket. Where you going? You know what I mean? So yeah, Ricky Gervais just fucking smashed it out of the park. And he's just... The thing with Ricky Gervais that is so cool about him is that... Like, he's just got such a solid body of work and years of being a legend. And it's like... Like, so many people on Twitter... Dude, Twitter fucking sucks. Twitter sucks. 
so, like a lot of people on Twitter, obviously, majority, thank God, getting around him. Uh, I gotta fix this camera again. Oh, the card is full. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. Um, what am I gonna do? Oh, God damn it. More production troubles. Anyway, um, all right, we'll just wrap this up here. Uh, forget the YouTube, that can just fade out. Um, what was I gonna say? Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, the cool thing about Ricky Gervais that is so cool is that he rips on people in the industry and stuff, but he, he's so talented and he's, his body of work is so good that it's, uh, you know, it's like he has a, a leg to stand on, you know? Because he, he's admonishing all these celebrities, but he himself is probably as famous, if not more, than everyone in the room. He's a more talented writer, director, you know, comedian. He's a, fa- yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He was phenomenal in Afterlife and The Office. You know, he's, he's, he's tours all over the world to huge crowds. He's done some of the best TV shows. He even, he even did that movie, David Brand Hits the Road. It was fantastic. Like, behind all, like, the arrogance and, like, the cheekiness, he's, like, a huge... He's donated millions to animal welfare. Behind all that, like, that kind of, I guess, persona, he's just, like, such a rock-solid fucking legend of a guy with one of the best bodies of work, you know, in the last 10 years. Like, I fucking love him. Ricky Gervais, you're an absolute legend. So, I just, if you haven't seen the Golden Globe speech, I'm sure you all have, but please go out there and uh, and check it out. It's so good. It's the best thing you'll see. Until you come see Anxiously Arrogant. Oh, man, I'm taking some big swings in this show. I'm talking about immigration. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about the Iran crisis. I've already got 15 minutes on that, if you can believe it. I've been a busy little bee writing all day. I'm talking about Trump. Let me tell you, I got some bloody, I got some opinions on this guy. Okay, ScoMo, watch out. Coming through, coming through. And then finally, really out of the box, but Jamie Jury. I'm fucking sick of this guy, dude. I got I got 17 minutes just slating that backyard blitz and piece of shit. Okay? We all know Nigel the landscaper should have been leading the show from the start. Okay? So Jamie Jury, watch out, brother. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. JMO. So it should be a great time. This show is going to be phenomenal. It's not going to be as good as Ricky Gervais, but that's okay because I'm only 25 and I've got plenty of time to keep getting better. But the show is going to be good. I'm pumped. And uh, look, is it an, has it annoyed me that the camera turned off and I've had technical difficulties in the first episode of the year? It has. Uh, does it really matter? Honestly, no, because the 99.9% of people listen to this on an audio platform. And we are continuing to grow on Apple and iTunes, thanking everyone involved. Because you're feeling hype, but you're also spreading it. And that's what it's all about, team. That's what it's, it's only ever been about, that. You feel the hype, spread it. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Come to my show. Bring someone who has no idea who I am. Let me win them over. Let me win them over with my, my choice words. And, uh, and then, and then come and get meted and fucking greeted afterwards, dude. So come on down. January 27, the first Rift City show in Perth, February 3, Anxiously Arrogant in Perth. So January 27 to Feb 14, just go on my social media. If you live in Perth, I'm going to be all over that city. I'm going to be up and down. I might pop over to Kalgoorlie, do a, do a hot seven minutes there, pop back, do more shows. For like a week in Perth, I'm doing, I think, 7 o'clock Rift City, 9 o'clock my show, which is going to be, uh, I don't know if that was the best idea, but 
I'm going to be warmed up for my show. So that'll be good. The rest will be flowing. Um, so yeah. First episode of the year, guys. I hope it was all right. It's about a million degrees in here. And I am suffering from a quarter-life crisis. Mostly because I got gout at 25 and it was extremely embarrassing. But now I feel like this has been the momentum builder I needed to launch me into this year. So tell your friends, feel the hype, spread the hype. Thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's trying to me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.